The events in the following episode took place on the afternoon and evening of March 23rd, 2018. I'm to make sure I'm recording. Yep, okay, cool. I always get nervous before these, do you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it's basically like, I need to speak to them, they don't need to speak to me. Oh, yeah, no, I mean, look, I knock on doors all day long. I only get nervous, though, like, and, and it's necessary, and I do the exact same thing, but I only get nervous when I plan it out. Yeah, like, yeah. When yeah. I just make a phone call, I don't. Right, but what about when it's somebody who you need, uh, you need information oh, yeah. from? Oh, totally. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, dude, I was so nervous when I was going to knock on the door of the spot house. Oh, my God. Yeah. I totally stressed out. Yeah, because I, like, I have one shot. Like, you know, I knock on the door. Whatever I say determines whether, you know, or how they, you know, how they perceive me, in my opinion, determines whether they want to talk to me or not. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. No, exactly. All right. All right. Here we, uh, here we go. Do you ever wish you could become a detective and help find the clues to the case? How about all of that in a mobile game that you can take anywhere? In June's Journey, each scene leads to a new thrilling storyline. Uncover the mystery of June's sister's murder and find out about scandalous family secrets. The gameplay lets you find hidden clues as you investigate a murder mystery. Escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance. Let your imagination run wild when decorating your island estate and collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. Whether you're craving a good mystery or looking for an escape, you can immerse yourself in the world of June Parker. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I travel so much while working that I personally love to play it while sitting around airports with all that free time I have. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. The Hargan women seem to have it all. From the outside looking in, we were blessed. My mom was amazing. But as detectives would soon learn, there was a lot going on inside the Hargan household. Ashley and I have been calling my mom and the house and Helen. No one's answering. 63-year-old Pamela Hargan gunned down in her own home. Her youngest daughter, Helen, lay dead upstairs. Patrol, when they arrived, assumed or thought that there might have been a murder-suicide. But for the detectives on the scene... There were things about the scene itself that were concerning to us on day one. Who would want to kill their mother and their little sister? There is no boogeyman here. It is exactly who we think it is. I'm Peter Vance Sat from 48 Hours. This is Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings, wherever you get your podcasts. 
Chapter 13. Extremely Fucking Loyal. Hey, Chance, thank you for calling me, man. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry to hear about your, your friend, man. I'm, like, and again, I just found out this morning. I don't know if you knew last night. Yeah, I was with him, bro. I was with him the whole time. Holy shit, dude. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Like, the story needs to be told, dude. I'm speaking with Chance, a friend of Chris Spotts's. Chris, the boyfriend of Adea Shabani, just reportedly shot himself after a police stop in San Bernardino, California. The news hasn't yet reported on Chris's identity, and I've been desperately scrambling to call anyone who knows Chris to find out if he told anybody what happened to Adea or where she is. And we just found Chance, by chance, on social media. He claims to have been the only person to have spent the last few days with Chris. That was the best motherfucker I've ever met in my entire life, dude. You know, he was my hero, dude. He was my fucking hero growing up. That guy completely shaped who I was as a human being, who I am as a human being. Like, he taught me everything I know, dude. His, his, his energy, his vibes were so strong dude and so strong and so pure just and 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 righteous you know what i mean like oh my god dude this this shit is detrimental man like i can get i can give you the whole life story dude in, in a nutshell dude like i started out a little fat kid you know and and he inspired me to start lifting weights and start working for myself and start believing in myself, you know, so I did that. And then I became the captain of the football team just because that motherfucker took me under his wing, dude, and showed me how to do it with nothing but love. Like, and that's just the start of the story, bro. Like, yeah. I started drinking, I started drinking, I started fucking around with drugs, and he cut me off, man, he cut me off. He said, can't be around that shit, dude. And we didn't talk for a couple years. But then he just all of a sudden came back into my life just here recently. You have no idea, bro. He came back into my life in the last week. And he told me, like, this is just some very personal shit, dude. But he told me that uh, he felt so bad about turning his back on me that he wanted me to be with him when uh, when when it happened because he wanted his vibes, his energy to come into me because he felt so bad about this shit. I can feel him, and it is. His vibes are so strong, bro. He said he wanted to be you to be with him when it happened? Yeah, dude, I'll give you the whole rundown, bro. Like, he showed up ready to kill himself. Just like, fuck this, I'm never gonna get it out of this. Just so you know, dude, he didn't do shit, bro. His fucking dad is responsible for all of this shit. His real father. Bro, his dad's a piece of shit, dude. His dad is a piece of shit, dude. His dad used to fucking... Oh, you don't even know how bad of a piece of shit his real dad is. I've seen this motherfucker from 
<laughs> from way back, dude. He, he's a date raping, fucking drink dosing, fucking scandalous ass motherfucker, dude. That's who his real dad is. Okay, so he was always like seeking a fatherly figure, and so was I, you know. And that's why I related to him so much. But he was that for me, which he didn't have. Yeah. You know what I mean, like. He, he set the example of the fucking Superman, dude. Like, I was always striving to be like Chris. You know what I mean? Like, the day that I could bench press as much as Chris Potts did was, was a landmark of my life. You know what I mean? And, and when I did it, like, he downplayed it. He was like, ah, you know, it's all right. You could do better. Oh, when you're talking about his dad, you're talking about Chris, Chris from Sacramento, Chris Sr.? Yeah, yeah, that, that fucking son of a bitch, dude. So anyway, anyway, this whole thing transpired. He showed up at my house and he's just out of the blue, you know. From what I'd heard, he was doing great. Everything was fucking perfect, blah, blah, blah. And then he showed up and he, and he just laid this shit on me. He's like, dude, I got some real serious shit going on, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I think my dad has something to do with it. I'm fucked. I can't get out of it. And he he was ready to go, dude. And I think I, I kind of caught up to him in a spiritual level. And, you know, I talked him out of it, dude. And he said, well, fuck, dude. I showed up here to fucking kill myself, and now you, you done enlightened my ass. Well, let's, uh, let, let's go do this thing. And, and you, li- you live in Colorado, right? Yeah, I live in Colorado Springs, dude. It took it took a day and a half of trying to convince my girlfriend to let me go on this fucking quest with him, dude. He already had he already had the room rented out and the chain and the and the everything. Like he like it was a done deal. Like he was like, No, dude, I came here to fucking do this. Like stop fucking talking all that shit. What did his dad what does he think his dad did to a day and what does he yeah, what does he know as far as that goes? I'm gonna, I'm gonna just throw it out there, Red. So the night before all this shit went down, he was talking to his dad about breaking up with her. And his dad advised him against it. He said, uh, dude, that girl's full of money, blah, blah, blah. She's hot, she's rich, she's this, she's that. Don't do it. Chris said that he was on his way somewhere to a party, to something, dude. I, I, I don't even fucking know. But they ended up getting into an argument. And uh, she started hitting him. <sighs> like, you know how girls do, dude, when they get fucking mad. Anyway, he said uh, he said he pulled over and told her to get the fuck out of the car. And she was screaming and he drove off. He said his first thought was to call his dad and be like, hey, when a deer calls you, just tell that bitch I'm, I'm fucking done with her. He did that, and uh, his dad said some weird shit. It was some really weird shit. His dad said, don't worry about it, Chris. Girls go missing from L.A. every single fucking day. He said, I swear to God, he came and picked her up. And, like, this was the point, bro, that we had throwaway pistols to just go and tie him up and fucking get him to tell the truth. Like he, like he knew to the point of tying his own blood father up and beating him to death. 
that, that, that he knew the truth. She had said something to him earlier about calling his dad. And he said, fuck you, bitch. Like, you want to fuck my dad? Go fuck my dad. And then he kicked her out of the car. And then she went missing. Just to untangle this a little, because it's very emotional. Chance has only just recently been released by the police after Chris's car chase and suicide. He has $50 in his pocket and no identification. And he's wandering around Riverside, California, talking to me while waiting for his girlfriend to fly in from Colorado and pick him up. He's giving us Chris's last version of the events surrounding Adea's disappearance, which is that Chris and Adea got in a fight and he kicked her out of the car on the 5 freeway. Now, we've heard a version of that story before from his lawyer. But what's new, and frankly hard to swallow right now, is that afterward, Adea called Chris's father. And Chris's father then picked her up, and Adea was never heard from again. Whether Chris believed this, or was just saying it to manipulate chance, is unclear. But what is perfectly clear is that Chris Spots was on his way to potentially kill his own father when he got stopped by the police. Note that the biological father of Chris Spots, whose name is also Chris, is referred to here interchangeably as Chris Merez and Chris Sr. And like, dude, like, I don't know how much research or whatever you've done on me, dude, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm a good dude, bro, but like, I'm extremely fucking loyal. Like, if you got my back, I got your back, bro. Like, to the fucking end. And he called me and he told me this situation and uh, told me the part that his dad could have implicated into it. And I was like, you know what, dude? I'm not letting you fucking do what you came here to do by any means. We're going to go, we're going to go get something else out, something else out. And we got pulled over on, on our way to his dad's house. Oh, shit. You guys, you guys were on their way to his dad's house? Well, he was going to go do his little acting thing in the middle of the, you know, he was going to go do that. So he had something, you know, that was like his, that was his last thing. Like he wanted to be remembered for something. Do you know what he was going to do? Maybe I've talked to the people he's going to do the acting piece with, at least. Yeah, he, uh, it's really ironic, actually. He was, uh, he was playing a police officer. No. I swear to God, dude. Officer <laughs> Chandler. I don't want to sound like a dirtbag, dude, but we were on our way to his dad's house to tie him up and fucking beat the truth out of his ass. Like, that is what we were going to go do. Shit, man. So you're going to come to L.A., do the acting, then go to Sacramento and take care of business. Exactly. Yeah. So he had no he had no idea where his dad would have put him. No, bro. Like straight up. He said, he said, listen, dude, if that body's anywhere, my dad's going to know where it's going to be. Right. So anyway, we went on one last fucking thing, dude. He wanted to come down and do his last. He wanted to come down and do his fucking last, uh, his first, whatever the fuck it was. Acting. <sighs> you want to come down and, and like, just solidify ourselves as an actor? 
So we made this road trip, dude. It was the most amazing spiritual fucking experience of my life, dude. All we talked about was spiritual shit. Couldn't and listen to Marash Yahoo, you know. And as we're pulling out of this gas station, dude, a, a policeman for no fucking reason spotlighted our car, like hit us with a spotlight. And he said, just chill, just chill, just chill. And so we did, you know, and we pulled out all nonchalant, doing nothing wrong. The cops ended up pulling us over, dude. <laughs> they got out guns drawn. Fucking from the very get-go, guns drawn. Like, no words, no nothing said. Just fucking three cops, guns drawn. They told him to throw his keys out the window. And he looked at me, dude. He looked at me straight in the eye and he says, What? I told you I wasn't going down, dude. That, that was always his, uh, his pet name for me, What? Shit, say, say what he said again because your phone cut out a little bit. He said, He said, What? He told you this, this. I ain't going to jail, bro. I ain't going to jail. We're doing this. And the whole thing about this thing was like, Living, living and dying like a warrior, you know? Like fucking living and dying like a warrior. Like you were born a warrior, motherfucker. Just follow through with that shit. You said that? That was the whole part of the conversation the entire fucking 19 hours down here, you know? Yeah. Like that was, that was it. I said, let's just do this, dude. Whatever, let's, let's get it. So he sped off, he had a spare key under his seat. He threw the first pair of keys out the fucking window, dude. And he, he reached under his seat and got the spare key and just took off. And it was a fucking crazy ass chase, dude. There were so many fucking police behind us. And he, dude, anyway, he pulled out a gun, dude. And he said, I'm not going down like this. I'm not going down for some shit that I didn't do. I'm not doing it. I said, then put the fucking gun down, bro, and just pull the fuck over. He said, do you want me to stop? I said, yeah, dude, please, please fucking stop. So he slammed on the brakes. And he, he reached across me and opened the door and kicked it open, dude, and he kicked me out, like, literally with his feet. He kicked me out, and he said, get the fuck out, dude. I love you so much, man. I love you so much for being with me. Get the fuck out. I love you, man. And he drove off. And that's the last time I ever fucking saw him. Oh, jeez. Oh, man. <laughs> that motherfucker is an epitome of a warrior, dude. I ask Chance what he's going to do now, and he says he's going to find a bar and get a drink. I tell him not to go anywhere and to stay safe, because frankly, I'm worried about him, especially since he's alone after what just happened. I let him know I'll be there right away, meet him in person, and we can continue talking. So I gotta ask you one other thing, which I'm, so why, why not just freaking get pulled, why not just get pulled over, fucking deal with it, and then go, and, or just tell the police and have them deal with it, why, why not? I'm gonna tell you right now, dude, like, he had two guns in this car. Like, dude, he, he was full-blown. Like, that's what I tried to say. 
that question you're asking is exactly what I tried to pound into his head when I was getting, trying to get him to pull over. Like, I don't give a fuck, dude. I'll take them both and run. I don't care, man. Like, just pull the fuck over. And he wasn't, he wasn't having it, dude. I was like, nah, fuck these motherfuckers, dude. Fuck them, fuck them, fuck them. You wouldn't do it, dude. And uh, you told the police about Chris's dad or no? At first I didn't, but I left a message to the, to the detective that I had some more shit to tell her. Just because, like, when they were questioning me about it at first, and it was like three minutes after it happened. You know, I still didn't want to believe that shit, man. I want to talk, at least, at the very least, talk to his mom and dad first. Okay, I'm gonna start driving to Riverside. I'm gonna call you or text you when I'm on my way. Thank you for the time. Thank, thank you, thank dude. you so much for giving a shit, bro. Dude, and I'm and I'm sorry you lost. So I'm sorry you lost a friend. A shit, bro. I'm sorry you lost a friend, but I'm I glad lost you're my there best friend and a mentor and a motherfucking warrior, dude. Thank yeah. you so much for caring. Chapter fourteen. No comment. The clock is ticking before this hits the news, so I jump in the car and call Jaden and tell him I'm going to pick him up so he can meet with Chance too. Jaden tells me that Detective Kaiser of the LAPD has just met with Nora and broken the news to her. Lastly, did he give them share any information with Nora that's useful? No, not half the information I had. She's done. I mean, she's done. She's like, I'm, you know. We'll put her on suicide watch. She's hurt. Some of uh, Adaya's friends have been reaching out. Is it okay for me to tell them about Chris or no? No. Don't tell them? Mom doesn't want the friends talking to anybody. Information is slowly beginning to leak, and the press is starting to figure it out. Like, one girl that I know really well... She's like, I'll hold, you know, I'll hold the story if you want me to, but it's, she said it's going to break. She's like, I'll hold it if you want to, like, if you want to wait until Monday. But, um, she's like, she's like, honestly, it'll probably break before then. Yeah. Like, she said, give me a heads up if you, uh, if, like, you know it's going to break, because she says she's getting a lot of pressure from her station to run it. How did they know it was him? How did they associate him with her? Because they released that it was the boyfriend of a missing person oh. in Los Angeles. That's what, the, that's what the article said, which obviously came from PD out there. Holding off the press is key so that I can get to the rest of Chris's inner circle and try to see if he confessed or left any hints about Adea's whereabouts. Because once the media starts hounding them, they're going to shut down and not talk to anyone. I've also been trying to call Chance to find out where he wants to meet in Riverside, but he hasn't been answering. As I walk into Jaden's house, his phone is already ringing off the hook with press calls. So just right away, just say, hey, like, oh, go ahead. So, CBS. I'll take it, because me not taking it is stupid. Origin, this is Jaden. Um, I'm the investigator working on the case. Unfortunately, I can't confirm any details right now, other than that, it's a very active investigation. It's just very frustrating. 
Every no. time I dip my toe in there, but an alligator jumps up and bites me. You know, like, yes. Yeah. Over Jim, this is Jaden. Uh, I cannot confirm those details. Still a very active investigation. Yeah, you got a uh, you got a number I can text if I can get any info to. Okay, you got it. Yep, yeah, I'll get you any info I can uh, as soon as I can. All right, here's something. Yeah, see, they're they're running with she. They're running with she's dead. Why are they all running with that? Because the sheriff's department. Because again, who fuck kills themselves when they didn't do it? Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. Just give my condolences to the family. At least now they have some closure. Without an official comment, the media tries to work around Jaden and get in direct contact with Adea's friends. Angel, Adea's boss at the hookah lounge, calls Jaden asking what to do and whether Chris has indeed killed himself. What's up? So the media's out in front of your building? Who's yeah. there? KTLA is here, Fox 11 is here. And they're like calling me and like, we're outside. Can you come down and make a comment? Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I probably wouldn't do that if I were you. So, so he's he's dead. This is confirmed. Yeah, I mean, yeah, between you and me, yeah. No. So, what do I do with these guys outside? Nothing. Just don't. Just tell them you have no comment right now. We just really don't want we don't want to we don't want to confirm the story. We just don't want it to go out as you know we're trying to contain it if we can. If anything, we've been listening. I mean, I'm sorry, bro. I know you're talking to me right now like you're talking to somebody we don't want to give information to. But at the end of the day, like everything that the LAPD wanted, we ended up doing, and this is what they ended up fucking up on. You know what I mean? No, you can, dude. You're right. It should have been where when they already took them in. So, so our, right now, is this whole media thing, is it because of the LAPD? It's both. The, the, the friend network has opened up a little bit and we're trying to get, we're trying to get through there before the story breaks too big and people, you know, lock up. Just hoping maybe he gave some piece of information to somebody. I mean, obviously it doesn't look good, but, so, I'm working on it. All right, give me like 15 or 20 minutes, I'll call you back. All right. I feel bad. And I mean, I just, I feel bad for you. Now that I know the press is camped outside Angel's apartment, what are they going to do to Chris's family and friends when the news gets out? We're running out of time to have a real conversation with them. I try chance again, but still no response. And what's crazy is that the source of the information that Adea was murdered is actually a press release from the California Highway Patrol stating that an unnamed suspect in a Los Angeles County homicide shot himself. It doesn't mention names, but it's really irresponsible because there is no proof that Adea was murdered or is even dead. And if Nora hears this and thinks it's true, it would just destroy her. I have to find out what I can. And the next call I need to make is going to be one of the hardest. To Chris Merez, the father of Chris Botts. Hello? 
Oh, hey, Chris, it's Neil again. I'm sorry to bother you. I wanted to fill you in. Yeah, yeah, well, I Things know. are about to hit the press today, but I really... Yeah, well, I know. yeah, go ahead. I know, I know, and I don't want his name slander or anything, because, you know, I... You know, I, I know better than anybody, you know, and, and the thing is, he's a good kid. Yeah, he's a great kid, in fact. I never heard of anybody. I mean, the kid is amazing. I mean, and the sad part about it is my son's dead. Yeah. He killed himself. He, he's a great kid, and that, he's never been in trouble. He's never even had a ticket in his whole life. But, I mean, there, there was threats there. I mean, and my son had a gun for a reason. Wouldn't you be scared? You know, you've got this girl saying that she's going to kill herself, or I'm going I'm to ruin you, I'm going to do... I mean, come on. I mean, he, he was pushed to a level that you... And I know Hollywood is a fucking... It's a, it's, a, it's a cesspool. It's a fucking... I mean, it happens all the time, these actors. And right now, with all this shit going on with male producers and with the women coming out, it's pretty bad. Let me tell you something. This thing is bigger than any movie you could ever imagine. As, I mean, it's a true story. It's nothing like that. I mean, my son was a great kid. I, I was I was a kid myself when I had him. When was the last time you visited before this? Oh, my, oh my son, it was probably about, about five, four or five months ago. He came out for the day. Yeah. He came out for some supplements and pre-workout shit like that. Uh, when I talked to Chance, he said Chris Bent felt that you were corresponding with Adea a lot. No, wow. So the only time I ever talked to her, and see, this is another thing too, this is a weird thing, you know, because he's a ladies' man, and when I was single, I was a ladies' man, you know, and we kind of go to the, you know. We... Chris Merez goes on to talk for quite a while about how he and his son are only 16 years apart and how they used to compete for women and how Chris Spots would never bring his girlfriends around his dad. I would never hit on his girlfriends, but you know, I'm a 49 year old good looking guy. I don't ever, you know, I got green eyes, you know, I stay in shape, I used to be a bodybuilder, you know, so I think he felt like they're gonna like me. I've never even met Mary. I've never met a dad. I've never met any of his girlfriends. He would never bring them around me. I've never been in Chris Merez's position, so I don't know what it's like. But it seems strange to hear a father bragging about his own looks and sexual prowess less than 24 hours after his son just killed himself. But like I said, I, that was the only time I ever talked to Adele. Uh, that was the time she called me. And then Mary, I've only talked to the time that he, she called me and asked me, hey, do you know, uh, I, he was at a hotel. He tried, you know, he told her that he was thinking about suicide a long time ago. And now it's mind boggles me that I told her, I don't, my son would never kill himself. And now look what happened. That's fucking, that's like, I don't even know what to say, dude. Chance said some crazier stuff around that that he said came from Chris, but I don't know. It was pretty crazy. Well, crazy. Like, say something. Say one thing and I'll, I'll tell you if it's true. All right. I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell you this, but. I'm just, I'm just gonna share this with you, but if this is as unbelievable to me as it is gonna be to you. Okay. Okay. Um, okay, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on one, 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 uh, one, one second. I'm gonna tell so you. You could say you could just yeah. chance say. And again, and I wanna kinda clarify too, because I wanna say this could just be chance saying this. It doesn't mean that it's true, okay? But he said, <laughs> dude, and have you, you've had a fucking brutal 24 hours, so I don't even add this to it. And, and again, keep this between us, but chance said, I'm struggling, trying to just spit out this next sentence. Because I just don't know how to tell a father that his own son was planning to murder him. 
To Live and Die in LA has been a production of Tenderfoot TV and me, Neil Strauss, in conjunction with Cadence 13. The executive producers of this podcast are myself, Donald Albright, and Payne Lindsay, along with producers Alex Vespasted and Mike Rooney. Because this is an open case, anything you know about Adeya Shabani or anyone mentioned in this podcast, we want to know. Please email us at livedila at tenderfoot.tv or call us at 213-204-2073. The music and score that you've heard in this podcast is my makeup and vanity set. Our theme song is Love and War by Flurry, and our show art and design are by Trevor Eiler. You can follow us on social media at LiveDieLAPod, or you can find our website with bonus content at LiveDieLA.com. The editing is by Alex Vespasted, with additional mixing by Resonate Recordings. Special thanks to Rich Berner, Kevin Richter, Chris Corcoran, Orin Siegel, Ryan Fishback, Orin Rosenbaum at UTA, Eric Lynn at Shangri-La, and the Nord Group. If you or someone you know is talking about, toying with, discussing, hinting at, ending it all, call right away the Suicide Prevention Hotline. Don't think you can help them yourself if you're not qualified. It's 1-800-273-8255. And thank you for listening.